It's the truth about parenting. Something needs to be real for us. The truth is in the raw things that people don't talk about. This journey is not for the weak. Welcome to the Mama Jack Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mama Jack podcast. On this episode, I talk with my husband about my healing journey, his healing journey through my healing journey, and the ups and downs. There were a lot of downs, and you will learn all about them right now. Everybody, you've heard him before. If you're watching YouTube, you're seeing him now. This is my episode with my darling husband, Casey Norton. Okay, so we went through a lot over the last couple of years, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, we are. <laughs> so, obviously, I'm just... Still have rings. <laughs> obviously, we're still together, mm -hmm. which is the great part, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but that did not come without some trials bumps in the road. I'd say big potholes ditch. that <laughs> might have taken a tire out and <laughs> maybe messed up some transmission suspension. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was obviously in a deep, dark place for a long time, mm -hmm. um, from, what I would even say at the end of Kennedy's pregnancy, which was all the way back in 2019, yeah. all the way through last November, really. Mm -hmm. And then even last November, it took me a couple months to transition mm -hmm. out of that. Now, you were also feeling a lot of stuff. And I personally believe that you could have very much had postpartum depression with me, especially this last time. So can you describe a little bit? Let's start with this last time like right before my me mental breakdown mm -hmm. what was going through your head like in your life what was happening in your life like we want the whole story like what was going on so with last november we before last november basically we had been on this weird level with each other where we were kind of just going through the motions we were just we were on this weird level where we were kind of just going through the motions, right? We were just going through the well, motions we were of every moving. day. We were, well, like, there we was had a already, lot of crap happening. We had already moved by then. I mean, we had, we had. Oh, so you're talking a lot. Oh, yes. Yes. But I mean, everything leading up to it, right? We were like zombies that were kind of. We were zombies. So we, side. we, we wanted, we wanted our own place. We wanted out of where we were staying just so that we could continue on with our life and start our life anew with, with the four, with four of us. And that didn't come with, um, what we thought it would come with. Yeah. Which is work. And which is work. Yeah. We moved here and I didn't know anyone. So I had to immediately reach out to everyone that I possibly could find that was even industry related in my, uh, in Atlanta. And that took a while to, come to fruition to to have anyone really reach out and have anything work with that but there were just economic reasons that that kind of 
hindered me from getting the work that I wanted. And also I, I didn't know enough people, but also they were kind of already by about last year, they were sort of already preparing for a potential strike, which there was two of them congruently uh, lasting about and six months. in the move, we had spent all of our savings. We moved after, twice. After the move, because of no work, we had nothing. Nothing. We liquidated our our um, stock portfolio. Yep. Everything gone. Because Just to stay afloat. So we're thinking that we're moving to this place and oh my God, like living is so much less expensive, but you're going to be making the same amount of money and then we're not making money. And then I can't get a job because I can't get my license. And then, you know, my postpartum depression, I could barely move. So what was going on in your head at that time? Like, how were you feeling about yourself? Because you're, you know, supposed to be the provider and all of that stuff. What was happening with you? Felt like a failure and that the walls were caving in and that everything was completely out of my control, even though I was trying to grasp control of it every single day. I wasn't not look, I wasn't being lazy about it, right? I was, I was looking for work. I was applying for every job that I could. I was trying to get my foot in any door that I could. And it took me going through depression and getting diagnosed with anxiety and depression as well to start my, you know, medical routine for that. But what did that look like for you before? Like the stuff that, I mean, people can be going through with their wives and they don't even notice, like, because you were pretty dark. So can you explain some of that? Like what you exactly were feeling to finally be like, I need to be on medication. I need help. Well, I didn't want to be here anymore. I, I had felt like a failure. I felt like a f this, and it was all in my head. I felt like a freeloader. Cause I was, you know, constantly asking family for help and like, which I'd never done in 30 plus years. You know, I'd never done that. And it was go, I was going through a lot. I mean, I was driving for, Postmates, I think, or door, you know, DoorDash, whatever, and the money was um, horrendous. And for for what I was putting on my car, it was so stressful that I was just trying to do anything that I could. But I didn't want to get a normal nine to five because we didn't move here for that. Like we moved here so that I could continue my career on, right? And it wasn't until really Christmas of like a month and a half after we moved here that that I. I think that's about when I, maybe that's not when I started, but that's when my depression really hit hard. It's because we didn't, I couldn't provide, I, I couldn't do what I was, I signed up to do. Yeah, but what was going on in your head? Like describe the emotions you were going through. I don't even know if I, I mean, just sadness and I was anxious about every single day waking up because like I. Defeat. Yeah, total defeat. It didn't matter what my, what I said or what my resume showed or, or who I reached out to. There's only, so I can't force anyone to hire me. I can't force anyone to, you know, to bring me on or give me a chance. And those that gave me a chance really helped me out for sure in the, in the short time of being depressed. But I felt that everything was on my shoulders and I could, there was nothing I could do to alleviate that pressure. And that was the first year. That so was the first year. That wasn't even going, going into my, years. Yes. Right. So then you have a year of your wife. I was a zombie. 
Like I've already talked about that. I was a zombie, a complete zombie. I was totally on autopilot. I was unhinged. I would scream about anything and mm -hmm. everything. Um, there was a time that I was ripping my hair out. There was like, I didn't want to be here. And it was obvious I didn't want to be here. Somehow I kept it together and I did what I had to get done. Whoever was involved with that process, not of this world, I'll tell you that much, because I don't know how I even did that. And that must have made you feel a certain way because I'm your partner. Like, were you so exhausted and depressed that you felt like it was a burden? Absolutely. Yeah, I did. I was actually just going to say that. And I, and I felt, of course, I feel bad saying that you're my partner, you're my wife. But I did. I felt like the kids couldn't help. They were too young to do anything. Everything was literally all on me. And then you, if you were a depressed zombie ripping your hair out over every little minute thing that happened, I and all I was trying to do was provide so that maybe you could get help or so that we, we could not be in this position where you're pulling your hair out, right? I felt like it had something to do with me also. So that drove me into the darkest places I've ever been. And what, what did you end up doing in that dark place? Well, exactly. Yeah. I wrote out a plan for our life insurance policy for after I'm gone. I figured money's better there. I can allocate it all to make us debt free and you guys can live wherever for a couple of years. And that's that. And then you're better off without me and I'm better off not here. Which was... Knowing my story, but I, I was could, in the same. And place. I, so I, that was my thing. Yeah. There was, there were times, I mean, I've told my therapist this, there were times when I would deliver food up to a really high building and it would be a open center. And I would look and I'd go, wow, that would, that could be a way. And then I, and then I would snap out of it and go about my day. But those thoughts were coming in like crazy. And with us both being in such a, like, fight or flight mode really at this point both of us were in a fight or flight mode we were both thinking about leaving each other like you'd be better off or i'd be better off without you you'd be better off without me like do you keep doing this and i mean i don't blame you it was years well we've been together for, we've been together for so long it was like do i it's it's almost like an investment it's like you we've invested so much time so much of our lives together that is it worth say you know cutting the ties there or or pushing through mm -hmm. and we were both really close i mean i know that i mean yeah. i i feel like we would have still worked stuff out but it, once you once that's you know once you put the action put that into motion it's kind of already yeah you know so i'm glad that that didn't happen i really am yeah i thought that was interesting that we both had those thoughts and neither of us actually shared those thoughts with well I shared those. Thoughts. You shared those thoughts quite a bit. I wanted to run. That was my thing. I was always like, I'm going to take my kids and go. I'm going to take my kids and go. I'm going to take my kids and go. But that wouldn't have done me any good because I still had all of that crap in my head I had to deal with. So like, it would have just been like probably even more unsafe for the kids just to go with me. And mm -hmm. I know you were probably thinking that and you were probably thinking if she goes and she takes the kids like, what would I do? Would I fight for custody mm -hmm. because she's like kind of out of mm -hmm. it? So something that I wanted to bring up to you, because we had talked about this a little bit, was 
it made me feel a certain way when you said you wanted to divorce me. Now, I have said publicly on my podcast that I don't know how you did it. I didn't think I would be able to sit through the same thing. So I completely understand where you're coming from. But it kind of broke my heart and felt like you were giving up on me in a way. Of course. And I understand. I totally understand why. Like, I totally understand why. Um, But... In my opinion, thoughts are just thoughts. It's when you actually put them into action that they become troublesome. Yeah. Everyone has, what are they called? Your not, thoughts. Not dark, you? not dark thoughts, but they have, like, oh, uh, in, what is it? Anyway. Intrusive Intrusive thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. Every, that's a big thing now. Everyone has intrusive thoughts. But, yeah. but re, and, and that's just a fact of, you know, being human. It's just, we, our minds go crazy sometimes. But, but it's when you actually put action into that that it becomes real and luckily we didn't do that i may have had a plan but i didn't i didn't even do step one you know what i mean like i didn't even know what step one would be leave with the kids yeah yours was just leave and i was like what because you were frustrated i was frustrated so i like spent my days trying to hold it together so much and then when you did work you would come home and you would be so upset and angry. And then I would be met with that. And I'm already overstimulated and I'm already like, my brain was just like a freaking like dust storm of shit, like of depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and all of this crap. And like then guilt for not being a better mother. And it's like, then I have this spouse that's broken. And I was like, what do we do? Like, I'm sure you were the same way. Like, what do we fucking do? So what did we do? I had a breakdown while I was on set and I couldn't leave. I which should... like literally like it was crazy. So whenever I told you what the therapist said, what were your feelings like going through your head at that moment when they were like, you shouldn't be around the kids alone. Um, you need to get a psychiatrist, get put into inpatient or go to the ER. Like what were your thoughts going through your head at that point? My thoughts were I'm I was happy and glad that a professional had looked at the whole situation and was able to evaluate based on that. Um but I was it's it, it was sort of I was happy that it was the beginning of that was a stepping stone to the right direction, but I was also really even more stressed out and, and depressed and upset because the thought of you being locked away or being in an in a institution or whatever, or having to leave like that was so much more pressure on me. And I, I, and I was, I just couldn't win. And I, we, I kept getting, I mean, I freelance, but I was, I kept getting jobs and then they'd pull days. And then it was, so it was just like, we would have this idea of, Oh, we're going to be okay for the holidays. And then I'd have, several days ripped out from under me and that along with what you were going through and all I was thinking about was money money and how much money we were going to be burning and how we didn't have any and how what the what the fuck was I going to do you know so I went to my retreat and I came back did you feel me being lighter that instant when I walked off like walked into the house after that yes it wasn't exponentially but it was it was moderately yeah it and, was a huge change and i'm glad you went because i know you were on the fence about it and i told you to go just to get away from the, the kids even mm -hmm. seriously it was fine 
and your when your therapist told you to go, I was like, yes, you need to absolutely go. It's a change of scenery, which you had not had. I get a change of scenery every time I go to work. Yeah. You know, I might be around people I don't like, but I'm, I'm around more people that I do like. And I'm around people that can talk to me and have a conversation. And, and I, you know, you know, I don't have to just cater to them wanting a snack or, or going potty or whatever they needed. You know, you were going through so much and I just wanted you to, I didn't want you to go at first before all this happened. And then when this happened and it was, the retreat was coming up shortly after I was like, you need to go, please like be around your friends, meet them, hug them. They'll care for you. You know, just get out, get away. Yeah. And it's just okay. being around other moms. Totally. And it was a healing space. So mm-hmm. that it was like therapy in itself. Mm-hmm. So obviously I put a lot of spiritualness into my practice. And what would you say is the moment that you started to feel better like after I started to feel better because I know there was some like transformation in there like I remember talking to you and you would get super defensive and I was like no 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 like that's not how I mean it at all like it's you know I'm I'm just talking to you but I didn't blame you because it was probably almost like a PTSD thing like I have to learn who this woman is that is my wife again because I've been dealing with this depressed anxious soul for four or five years almost and we'll snap at you for any reason yes. so you're just walking on eggshells the whole time i of course i would get defensive i didn't know if i was in the wrong or if you were being you know or if you were joking or being serious or what was going on and that's lightened up so what what when do you remember like a certain time or a certain moment where you were like holy shit like she's actually getting out of this like she's actually getting out of this well after your episode, I guess, or, or your, the, after the day that, it, you know, you had your mental breakdown, um, I was not on meds yet. You had just started meds. So yeah, you were, you were like extra zombified for a little bit. Yes, I you was, were like I was on drugged. some new stuff yeah. for like a week at least. And, but then it kind of let up and you started that really helped out a lot like that was almost instant actually you know a week or two later that it started to really help help you out and then i was still going through my stuff because of no work and we all knew that this thing would happen you know what the strikes would possibly happen and everything was kind of shutting down anywhere for the holidays and so i was already still depressed from that and you told me to get i think i just i think i kind of broke down to you and was just like, what do I do? You know, like I'm doing everything I can. I'm more, I'm busting my butt and I'm not getting where I need to be, you know, where we need to be. You know, we were going through so much financial stuff too. We couldn't keep up with our bills. Like every, it was bad. And you told me to go, you said that I should talk to uh, someone and, and, you know, my therapist or whoever it was and, uh, and possibly start an antidepressant. And so when I started therapy again, and we talked about that more that became evident that I was anxious and depressed as well. And since then, maybe a couple of weeks after I started, that is when I started to feel better. And I started to really be able to reprogram my brain and how I, how I go through every day with meaning and, you know, I make every day count and I'll, I try not to think about, I try not to dwell on the bad things. I try to find the silver lining in everything. Right. I think, I think that's been pretty noticeable. So 
do you feel like my healing process has helped you at all? A thousand percent. In what ways? You're much more calm and collected and thoughtful. And you really have, you've really become the woman that I fell in love with again. Yeah. And that's huge. Because I thought I lost you there. I really, it had been basically since I left for Mexico before Kennedy was born Mm -hmm. for that job. You know, I was kind of getting shit from you from then too, because, you know. Yeah, well, I I was alone a lot. You were alone a lot. And it was all on me. And and I was on vacation because I was away in Mexico, but I was working. You know, there's only so much I can do. I'm in Mexico. I'm going to tacos and drink beer but <laughs> and i was just pregnant pissed off yeah just seething back in and back then home you had to move and you were on big brother mm-hmm. and i was like yeah then we had to move because of mold and we, we had to break our lease early and deal with that and we moved the month kennedy was born yep you were eight months pregnant packing the truck and then he was like six months and COVID happened. And yep. then we ended up moving when i was pregnant with Harlow. because COVID opened our eyes we were paying for all these amenities we, that we couldn't like, get and we were like what are we doing? We went through a lot of shit in the past couple of years. Like a Four lot years of shit. Since, since, pre, since Kennedy was born. And it could have broken us very easily. Oh, yeah. Like it did break us. But I think it's fantastic that we both had this little thread that just wouldn't let go. Mm-hmm. Because I always thought to myself, I was like, okay, let's say we get a divorce. I need to be in a relationship. Not need, but I like to have comfort with somebody. And I was like, but Casey's my best friend. Like we're going through bad times now, but like there, we reached a point or I reached a point in my healing journey where I was just so clear and so happy again. And I looked at you and I was like, damn, I got a good one. And I was like, I want to go on dates with this man. We need to make out like all of this. It was seriously like, I don't know about you, but it was like, we just started dating again, mm-hmm. but like better mm-hmm. than when we just started dating again because we had gone through this huge battle together and like the other side finally seeing it. And I, I know. You know, we still go through little things now, but like it doesn't seem as bad. Mm-hmm. Does it seem as bad mm-hmm. for you? Even like, you know, with the strike and everything. I mean, I don't even think you took that as hard as you would have a year earlier, you know, mm-hmm. like you really dealt with that well. And, but I mean, the car accident that I was in last year would actually probably save my life. And I, and I'm almost going to cry saying that because if we didn't have that settlement, I don't know if I'd be here. Yeah. I really don't. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people, we lost a lot of people in our industry lately. It sucks. That car accident saved my life. Well, things happen for you, not to you. That's the biggest thing that everybody should be thinking about all the time. No matter how shitty it is, you're growing, you're healing. Every time you heal, you feel more freedom on the other side. Like Life can suck so bad. But finding that silver lining and everything, finding it in yourself... I feel, see, that's where I feel like what changed in you is I keep instilling in you, I'm like, yourself, yourself, what are you doing for this? Like, are you meditating? Are you, 
doing this? Are you doing, like, I'm up your ass a good bit about mm-hmm. it. And then I back off because I don't want to force anything on you, but I just know what worked for me so well. And I was like, oh, I know this is going to work for Casey. And even when you got that, like, he got the 369 book for um, ma- uh, Manifestation yeah. and Affirmations. On my own, too. I didn't oh, even When really I ask saw you. it come in, I well, the Shadow Workbook, mm-hmm. too. When I saw that came in, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I would have never cared years ago. I would have never done that. And you still haven't done the Shadow Workbook, which I have been up your butt about because I know it will help with other things, too. But the whole point of this is that, God, we went through such a shitty-ass time together. And I feel like we're at the other side now. And, like, spiritually, I feel like lifted and i don't know about you but like i literally stand taller and i feel like the energy shift in our family even with our kids is so different and it's just been it's looking at something horrible that happened but we grew so much from it that how can we not have gratitude towards that situation and now we're still climbing right but like I feel like in the future, when we hit that and like, I'm going and you're going with work and we get to that level, it's going to be like that story. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to have that story, you know, that people talk about like Jackie and Casey, they work so hard. They do all these great things, especially for the community. We're going to start like nonprofits and everything. And it's just like. They started from nothing. You know, we had stuff. We lost stuff. It's a very American story, I feel like, right now with a lot of people. And it's just up from here, baby. I don't know if that's how you feel, too. It is. And not to backtrack, but you know what? I think I don't even think I was on meds when Bon Bon died. Yeah. I think that and that 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 actually broke me the most. Yeah. She was such a little shit, but I, we had to put him down because we didn't have money. Bon Bon was our cat. We didn't have money to help him. His insurance, we would have to foot the bill and then get possibly get reimbursed. I barely even had money to put him down, but I didn't want him to suffer. And so when I took him to the vet the last time and I knew it was going to happen, I, it completely broke me as a human. I can't help this cat. I can't help my cat. He was young. He was four, five, something like that. And that completely destroyed me. I felt like the biggest failure back then. And you can use this or not, you know, but I think that was my breaking point in my depression. And then when I was told, talk to someone, go, you know, go on meds, do, do what you got to do. Doesn't have to be forever. I know. So just a tool to help as much as you need it and i think it's really important that we talk about this stuff and people can see that there are times that are very dark in relationships and it was like i didn't feel you there but i knew you were there and just knowing that you were there 
annoyed the shit out of me at the time, but still I had comfort in that, if that makes any sense at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's kind of how you felt too. It's like, they're there, they're doing shit that I can't control, that is like beyond me, and I'm in this rut, but they're there. And I have somebody here with me and I'm not doing this alone. And we had a lot of help from family. Thank God. And we, you know, our friends, like my friends really stepped up all of my friends. And I think now being at this end, we can say like, it's starting to become a beautiful journey. Oh yeah. And it's been a beautiful journey. That, like communication is the biggest thing though if yeah. we didn't if we didn't both randomly decide that we just need to sit down and talk about all the shit that's going on yeah. you know like with our financial shit like we had to really just sit down and be like no this is what this is where we're at and we was, have to figure this out it was funny too because i feel like communication because we communicate so well and we'll just bleh, spit it out that also it didn't hurt us but it fueled the fire a lot too. For some stuff. Because we like couldn't just hold it back. Mm -hmm. We were like, no. <laughs> and now I know when like you're upset or something to give you space. And then we can talk about it at another time, mm -hmm. you know? And for me, I mean, I don't get that upset very much anymore. There, I have mm -hmm. my moments, but like, it's just like, I have this whole new outlook on life. Like, I don't need that part of me. I feel emotions when they come up, but it's more understanding them and living through them and then understanding everything around it. I have this reflection period instead of just like jumping. Because mm -hmm. before I definitely jumped all the time. I had no, it was like here, there. Like I go from like sitting there all quiet to like, like it was like a demon bursting out of my mouth. Um, but okay, well, I'm happy that you talked about this today with me, babe. Me too. I think it's going to help a lot of people. And oh God, if you they say it's hard, and you don't, you really, you know, you don't know until you've been through it. You don't know until you it's happening at that moment, and you're like, oh my God, we are in the thick of it right now. Yeah. What are we going to do? Because not only are we going through stuff, we have kids. We're finding out stuff mm -hmm. about our kids that's happening. We're dealing with that. Um, you know, it was endless doctor's appointments. It was mm -hmm. endless. It was my son's first year in school. So endless sicknesses and all of this shit that was just piling up between both of us. So it was not only us, but it was the kids. And this isn't everybody's story, but a lot of couples reach this point, especially with newborns. And when you're having them back to back and you start to separate. And I think for us, like communication was key. Us not wanting to give up. Like we wanted to give up, but we did. There was something inside of each of us that never pulled the plug. Mm -hmm. And there was something inside of us that never pulled the trigger. I don't think either of us have gotten to the bottom of that yet. About why? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have. You have? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, it, at the, I mean, at this was my at the time thinking, right? This is not now. Now I'm, we're fine. We're great. But at the time, it was more of a hassle than just trying to push through. 
because I was already, I could, I just couldn't handle that. I would be, I would, I, it was, it was kind of financial too. Like I would have been completely screwed. Everything would have been everything, but our, all of our, both of our families would have been completely screwed. It would have been such a nightmare and a headache and make you question, did we do the right thing? Was this worth it? So instead of doing that and crossing the, crossing the line that's been drawn in the sand, why don't we stay on this side and try and figure it out? And then we can both go together. Yeah, let's think simmer down. Well, mm -hmm. it was good that you were able to put that together in your head. I know a lot of it was finances. So I'm I also just didn't want to, I didn't want to date again. I didn't want another, yeah, that too. but I, but on top of that, like I couldn't find anyone like you. I mean, I don't know. I just, it's been so long. I didn't really care to start looking again. I didn't care to start rebuilding my life in that way. I'd rather try and figure it out with the one that I made vows to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was me too. Only I was just, mine was more emotional outbursts and wasn't thinking it through fully. Mm -hmm. But now we're in a better place and we smile all the time <laughs> and we flirt and we have fun with our kids and we know what I'm getting better at giving you more space, but we know to give each other the space we need to mentally do what we have to do to sh be able to show up for the family. And you, you really respect that in me. Mm -hmm. And I am doing better. I believe <laughs> there was a long time where I was like, you're on vacation, you're at work mm -hmm. and I'm trying to do better now. So that is my promise to you that I will still I try you to, to do I better. need you to shadow me one day on set. I really do. I understand. I used to work on set. I understand. I watched the camera operators and all the camera crew. You guys were always so freaking late at everything that I would just be sitting there like, come on, camera people, get your shit together. We're not but, late. But now I understand it wasn't <laughs> like that was built into the day, first of mm -hmm. all. And you have a lot of shit to do when you're making moves. Like, so whatever. But thank you so much for being on here. Mm -hmm. And I love you so much. Love you too. And I'm so happy that we're on the other side of this and we get to like, it, it's a story now. It's yeah. not our life. It's just a little chapter. Next chapter, baby. It's our next chapter. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Welcome to the end of another episode of the Mama Jack Real Raw Parenting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, parenting is a journey filled with ups and downs, and it's okay to make mistakes along the way. The Mama Jack Podcast is here to provide you with support, guidance, and real-life stories from fellow parents who are navigating the challenges of raising children. If you have any questions, topics you'd like me to cover, or stories you'd like to share, please reach out to me. I love hearing from my listeners and incorporating your experiences into future episodes. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and PodPage, all under the Mama Jack, T-H-E-M-A-M-A-J-A-C. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, you're not alone in this journey, and together we can create a supportive community of real raw parents. 
stay tuned for more episodes filled with laughter, tears, and everything in between. Until next time, keep being the amazing parent that you are.